Will and Woody podcasting now. If you're just joining us, though, Woods, uh, you threw out to me something which I probably take for granted in my life because I'm so because I'm used to talking to Dad about his job and stuff. But it yeah. might actually be very pertinent to what everybody's going through right now, and they might be interested in. Yeah, well, he's the uh, now his title is the head of he's just the head of everything. He's just the biggest dog <laughs> there uh, at, at yeah. Eastern Health, which he's is a hospital. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought it was really would be really interesting to hear from him about yeah. you know how it's all yeah. going on the front line. He may have some information to impart on our audience. Yeah, at, uh, it is actually more often than not really fascinating chat. I don't think I'd get it. I know he's got a book launch that he's pretty keen to uh, spruik on the show with us I sometime can, soon. You can slip that in. Uh, we've got my dad uh, on the phone right now. Dad, welcome to the show. Thanks, Will. No worries at all. So, Dad, um, uh, you're head of Incident Command and Director of Special Special Medicine. Command, I'm I'm part of it. Part of Incident Command, Command. yeah, very good. Uh, And (laughs) Director of Specialty Medicine at Eastern Health right now. And look, a lot of people are, um, well, nearly everybody's in isolation at the moment and leaving their jobs. But I know that, funnily enough, for you. Uh, it's been quite the opposite, and for, I know for at least the last couple of weeks, uh, you've been probably working harder than you ever have. Can you just talk a little bit about what it's like there at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, probably the um, the thing that's that's really noticeable is um, is that over the last week or two, uh, the roads are getting quieter and quieter as I drive to work, um, and the opposite is happening when we get to work. It is just mm. you. You get into the um, into the hospital. You've got staff who've been going all night. Um, mm. You've got uh, staff just turning up for the day, ready to do whatever whatever it takes. No one's quite sure of uh, exactly what's what to expect. Um, we've had a taste of things. Um, we've um, probably the thing that sticks in my mind at the moment more than anything else is just the diversity of change that has to take place. Like, you know, we're talking about turning um, established wards inside out, preparing them for purely for COVID patients, aware mm. that we're facing a, a wave of, of potentially huge portions um, and dealing with numbers that, that we're really not, not equipped to deal with. So everybody's Laurie, can I, oh, sorry, mate. That's right. No, that's I, was, right. I, was, I was just going to ask you, Laurie, what, what is the process around when you do turn someone around? I appreciate that saying you obviously have to do, given the masses, but what is that process there where you make a decision to turn someone away? No, not turning the, not, we're not turning people away, um, but we are trying to screen them carefully so that a lot of people turn up because they don't feel quite right and they're worried. Um, mm. And so we've set up uh, fever clinics and they get appraised oh. and assessed and the ones who, who, who pass departmental guidelines um, to get swabbed, and if they're sick enough, regardless of whether they get swabbed or not, of course, they'll, they'll be admitted to hospital. Our job is to, is to um, plan everything so that we've got the space and the coordination yeah. to be able to look after them properly. So we're seeing, we're seeing massive numbers that uh, people just turning up, um, some of them needing admission, um, mm-hmm. And everybody is is working intensely right through the hospital system, and people just uh, it's it's actually inspiring to see how hard and how long people are prepared to work for. Um, hey, Dad, 
can I can yep. I ask you a question? Um, like sure. some of the stuff that we that we hear, like in the paper and stuff, is about the like you know this really hectic respirator situation where it's just like you know we, we haven't got enough respirators. Uh, yep. That's been the case in Italy, and I've heard all sorts yep. of stories of companies like three D printing valves to try and fabricate respirators um, because it's so hard to get the materials to to give to people that are really in need of them. Are we in that sort of situation in Australia? And are we going to no, get there? No, we're not. No, do you think, I don't do you think, think we're going to we get yet. there where you, you've currently got, you know, people who are in ICU and stuff who are on respirators and, that, you know, they're sort of deciding who gets a respirator and who doesn't. Will that ever happen in Australia anytime soon? Look, I think it's up to, it's up to um, your audience out there, Will. They have to decide whether they're going... It's not too late. They have to decide whether they're actually going to listen to, to the experts... Um, and and self isolate um, and practice spatial distancing um, or not. If they don't do it, yes, we yeah. will get into that situation very quickly, okay. um, and that's frightening. Um, yeah. Hey, Dad, um, I'm gonna. Uh, uh, sorry, just before we go on, because this is still pretty interesting. Are we happy to keep Dad on for a little bit longer. Uh, absolutely. We'll give you a book uh, yeah. plug as well, Dad. You can you can you can plug your novel as well if you stay yeah. with us for a sec. Okay. No. <laughs> we'll go to a song. This, you know is your, this is your favourite song, actually, Laurie. You uh, you asked for this one to be played. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do, you so, know, do you know what I might do before we go to the song, though? Thirteen one six five. Dad, if you're able to stay on the phone, if anybody's got any questions oh, yeah. for Dad about the current situation, maybe I, I, I don't want to turn this into a full medical Q and A, but. Uh, as Woody said, Dad is very much at the front line and really dealing with this stuff pretty hectically day in, day out. And I'm sure a lot of people out there have got a lot of questions and a lot of stuff that they're worried about or just genuinely interested in about COVID-19. Dad, are you happy to answer a few questions? Sure. Just remember that I'm not willing yep. Woody's answer to Norman Swan, okay? Yeah. I don't know who Norman Swan is. No one, but, uh, no one gets that joke, but I like that you went for it. Will and Woody podcasting now. You said to me that we should try and get my dad on the phone, which, yeah. to be honest, is you know something I've got the luxury of talking to dad all the time about this sort of stuff. He's director of specialty medicine at Eastern Health, so uh, he's been on the front line for a long time with what's going on with COVID-19 um, here in Australia, and um, dad joins us on the phone right now. So welcome back to the show, Dad. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Uh, no, no worries at all. I really appreciate your time, Dad. I know yeah. you're flat chat. Um, but we just got talking about a couple of things and Woods and I had some basic questions for you and then we basically said to anybody else, 131065 is our oh. phone number. If you've got a question, um, please call and loads of people have called. Uh, so if you're happy to ask you a couple, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. before we do, do go to the calls, do you mind if you take one more from me, Laurie? Um, this isn't just like a free GP consultation no, no. for you. It's actually about a rash that I've got. Nothing to do with COVID-19. No, no. Um, no, Laurie, it is about COVID-19. I was going to ask you, um, again, with your uh, experience on the front line there, has any information or evidence come to the surface on what type of person has a more severe response to COVID-19? As far as, well... Probably not, nothing definite uh, yet. It does seem that the the um, comorbidities are important, but no one's... So if you've got Dad, diabetes... sorry, no one knows what a comorbidity... No one knows what that is. Di- I was just about to explain it. If you've got diabetes, high blood pressure, chronic cool. kidney okay. disease, etc., yeah, and yeah. particularly respiratory illness, um, okay. then uh, you're more likely to get severe disease. And, and uh, that probably is wrapped up in age, uh, however. So the older you are, the more likely you are. But young people can get very sick, and it's a bit of a lottery at this stage. All right, well, that's awesome, Dad. We've got Priscilla who's called uh, with a a question in a a sort of a similar area. 
uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, Priscilla, far away. You've got my dad on the phone. Um, what do we have question you got? Um, so my question just relates to babies. So I've got a six-month-old. So obviously I've heard them say that kids are, don't show as much symptoms and they don't know why um, and they don't get it as easily. My question is, you know, what, what do I need to look out in terms of if she gets it? Because I'm immunosuppressed and I've got respiratory issues myself, so I'm a bit concerned with that. So what, what would be the main thing I've got to look for? Um, six months is... is- is pretty young and I'm not I'm not entirely sure but there doesn't seem to be any particular signal um, about how bad the uh, the disease would be and probably remains the same as the rest of the children um, the symptoms can be sniffles can be asymptomatic uh, I think the secret is to um, is to uh, make sure that again that you just practice that social uh, separation and um, and people wash their hands um, before going near her, not cough over her and so forth. She should stay quite well. Your being immunosuppressed changes the equation a little bit, but uh, that would be something uh, to discuss with your treating physician, I would suggest. Thanks for the question, because Priscilla. It depends on specifics. Uh, good stuff, Dad. Doing well. Um, oh, I'm so relieved. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you got your son's approval. Wow. Uh, we've got uh, Kirsten here now. Kirsten, you got a question for Dr. Will's dad. Will's dad, the doctor. Hi, I do. Um, I'm just wondering if you seem to be finding that people that are testing positive are, you know, more travellers rather than people who are, you know, more local. People who are testing positive still have this. this the the main source of um, uh, infection seems to be uh, people who have been travelling. Yes, there's some evidence now that community transmission uh, is increasing, mm-hmm. and we expect that to be the case. Um, it, that's why we expect this not to be over in a few weeks, but to but to keep going for several months. Um, so, yeah. um, uh, yes, it, both probably can occur but the overseas contact seems to be the most it seems to have been the most important thanks mm. for the question yeah. kirsten um dad i've got to follow up to that just really quickly mm. so i know we're sort of fighting you here uh is there an argument to say that like you know given that you know a lot of people aren't necessarily showing symptoms right now and i know some people are thinking this and i think this has largely led to a lot of people ignoring the advice as well is people think to themselves oh hey look um i'm not going to be expressing uh, really severe symptoms um, if I if I contract the illness. So mm-hmm. why don't we all just kind of, you know, contract the illness together, get it, and then, you know, just live on being a little bit sick for a little while. I mean, what's what's the counter-argument to that sort of approach? Because I know that's what's two, going on. Two things that I would say. Number one, uh, currently uh, in Melbourne at the moment, there, as far as I know, there are two patients in intensive care. One of them's in his 30s. So okay. it can wow. become... It can become severe. The yeah. second one is that in most people it won't, um, yeah. but uh, if you love your parents and particularly your grandparents, you yeah. will know that, that uh, they are at much, uh, a much higher risk yeah. um, by your actions. And so that's okay. a pretty good reason from my perspective. And how do you feel like, obviously, I mean, I don't, without giving too much away, you're 60, I don't know a few other people are 60, etc., um, that are healthcare workers. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about going into work knowing that? I think, to be honest, I think that um, healthcare workers are human um, and there's a, a deal of anxiety and fear among 
uh, every healthcare worker. We know that the risk is there and we know that yeah. we, we do face that risk. Um, yeah. That's what we take on board, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. I know well, there are a lot of senior um, healthcare workers that died in Italy um, recently as well. So Yeah, that, that, that probably, in fairness, uh, yes, there is a risk. There, there's no oh, doubt about it. But I was trying to lob you a compliment there, Dad. I was trying just to take it more chivalrous than you. No worries at all. I'd just like to clear up the fact that <laughs> no, they, the thinking is that that possibly yeah. relates to the fact that they had no personal protection equipment at the time, oh, okay. or with very all short right, okay. supplies. So they were much more, right. they were much more exposed to it. Well, either way, Dad, I think you're doing a wonderful job. Thanks for coming on the show, uh, and a massive hats off and yeah. respect to everyone who's working in healthcare right now and yep. putting themselves in danger. And yeah, obviously helping a whole lot more of us survive and get through this. Really appreciate it, Dad. Thanks, Thanks very much. Guys. Hey, do you want Great. to give your book a quick, yeah. pl- a quick plug before you go? Uh, well, it's not due out until November. No, so you missed the opportunity. Oh, oh. Like, okay, <laughs> national time. exposure there, gone begging, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> See what you're hearing. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Search Will and Woody.